three, two, one. Welcome to the Pin 12 Podcast, a show discussing what's going on in the most decorated conference in college wrestling, the Big 12 Conference. I'm your host, Lee Cother, and joined by Sam Phillips. Sam, what's the good word? I am feeling holly and jolly and ready for some holiday tournaments. Uh, even though they aren't what they used to be, should hopefully still get some good matches in coming up this weekend, even though we're at really sort of a lull in the middle of the season. And uh, I guess I never really thought of how strange it was that wrestling has this lull in the middle of the season until other people pointed it out to me. But yeah, it's kind of a weird feeling, almost like an all-star break. Kind of. I, I think this just really makes the sprint to the finals over the next quarter uh, more exciting, right? You, you kind of have this down period. The guys get to relax a little bit um, from the mental toil that is the wrestling season and then uh, come back for the holiday tournaments. In this case, in, in this season's case, there's not a ton of <laughs> teams participating, um, but get ready for that spring semester and uh, sprint to the finish because it really comes at us fast here over the next few weeks. So, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, really exciting stuff happening. And um, unfortunately for us, talking about the sport, we're we're going to have a short episode today. Yep, yep, not. And that's the thing. <laughs> After the last few years of these holiday tournaments, uh, entries changing late in the game, It's it, you almost don't want to preview it and just be happy with what you get, but... Uh, I guess right. I'm preparing myself to be a letdown by looking at some of these matchups and being like, oh, that'd be really cool to see. So uh, hopefully we aren't let down too much. Uh, just, I guess, take these previews with a grain of salt because you never know what these coaches are thinking uh, when it comes to if they're going to send their guys or not here. For sure. Um, something that wasn't a letdown was the Missouri and Illinois duel there in St. Louis this past week on the 21st. Um, I think we previewed it and recorded the day that it was happening and uh, sat down to watch that thing that evening. And it looked like it was a electric atmosphere there in a theater in downtown St. Louis. Uh, the athletes made their entrance through the uh, crowd like it was a championship fight. It was a pretty cool atmosphere and experience, it seems like. For those guys, and while Missouri dominated as we expected them to, uh, Illinois picked up a couple of wins along the way, and then we had a couple of surprises um, that we should probably get into here. I think that uh, a lot of interesting things happened in that duel. So uh, might as well start there, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, like you said, great atmosphere there with the entrances and then uh, just the way that that – all came together there between these two programs. You know, the schools have a rivalry that we talked about last time, but Noah Certain starts it off with a 6-1 win over Justin Cardani at 125. Looked really solid throughout over the two-time national qualifier there, and really it set the tone for the Tigers. Certainly, Noah Certain outside the Hearn Center, is he's not as good. I mean, that's just reality here uh, because he pins that guy. In at home, right? I mean, I think that's just the rule at this point. Either, like, if it's a top fifteen guy, he'll beat him. Um, but if it's a if it's if the guy's outside the top fifteen, top twenty, uh, he's getting six points for his team in the Hearn Center. But in a in a neutral setting, uh, I guess we'll take the decision there from Noah Certain. But he's been looking great, number two in the country. Um, 
he's having a great season here in his junior year. Uh, we were just talking about how it's a bit surprising that he hasn't made the podium yet, but uh, with his wide open as the um, weight classes this year, he definitely has a chance. Um, Missouri kept it rolling here. Uh, sent out Cade Moore uh, at 133, who picked up a big major decision win over Cole Brower from Illinois. Um, before getting back to starters here at 141, Josh Edmond picked up the 10-5 decision over Danny Puccino uh, for the Tigers. So it was all Mizzou early in this one, as again, as we expected it to be, uh, even with the backup. Missouri's deep and, and really, really good. Um, yeah, I think uh, that win for Josh Edmond is really nice, too. Puccino was uh, – he was going to on his way to making the national tournament and then just kind of fell apart at big tens last season. So that's a really solid win despite Puccino not really having the uh, accolades of it being a solid win. I think that one will help come allocation time a lot. For sure. It should, it should help uh, the big 12. And of course, Josh Edmond here, um, Logan Joffrey, 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 uh, Joffrey sounds right. Joffrey, it's that's uh, spelled, uh, I guess. But uh, one day somebody's going to correct us on these, I think. <laughs> um, he suffered the first loss in the duel for the Tigers. Not too much of a surprise here. Kanan Webster uh, from Illinois. Um, this is his freshman year. He was a hot shot recruit coming out of. Uh, um, Chicagoland, right? So good win for him uh, here early in his season. But uh, this is where things got a little bit funky for the Tigers as Brock Mahler went out in his spot at 157. I think we need to accept that he's going to be their 157-pounder. Yeah, uh, sure. Picked up, like decision. picked up a major decision. And then they didn't send out number one Keanu Tool at 165. Instead, I don't even know if we got his backup. You'd think Cam Steed might be the guy that they would send out at 165. But uh, they sent out James Conway, who suffered a 5-4 loss to the Illinois starter. And then Keegan O'Toole took on number three at 174, Ed, Edmund Ruth. Uh, so, um, and he beat him pretty good. 11-7 was the final score. Um Giving up weight, obviously, but Keegan O'Toole, uh, doing Keegan O'Toole things, getting into funky positions and um, just wrestling a really smart match, doing his thing, scoring points, and um, walking away from that thing with a win over a top five guy in the, the weight class above him, which is always yeah. impressive to see. Yeah, I mean – Coming out of the previous week, talking about all of the ducking and all of that discourse to see Keto Tool bump up a weight and, you know, just put it on the line. I mean, obviously, it's not going to affect his seed at the NCAA tournament, but it's really cool to see him because, you know, these guys have pride in putting together an undefeated season and stuff like that. And we, it's something we've seen out of Big 12 guys with Meredith, Brace Meredith and Seth Gross having a super match. I don't know how many years ago it was now at 141 with Gross bumping up. So, uh, really cool to see. I think, I don't, was this Keegan O'Toole kind of trying to put himself into that Hodge conversation? Maybe he beats Edmund Ruth more than Siraki does. 
something like that. That could have been what he was going for. Maybe he just wanted to get a quality match in there at 174. But either way, it's really cool to see. I, if, if he goes undefeated at 165, I think you've got to give him the hotch, right? I think so, um, too. He doesn't uh, stand over his opponents or step over his opponents after he beats them. He doesn't uh, um, discredit an entire world religion with a billion people in it. If that's his competition for the Hodge, then uh, you're you're probably in sportsmanship is a big part of the formula there. And you probably should be talking about Keegan O'Toole being the favorite for this thing. So um, maybe maybe it's a good thing that we're our circulation's a little bit low. <laughs> Me saying something <laughs> like that, but yeah, it's he also true. he also doesn't uh, in an exhibition match wrestle after the whistle in frankly be a little bit dirty and uh, attempt to I don't know if he's what Siraki did to Mikai Lewis at the all-star classic but certainly looked like an attempt to injure him so uh yeah Keegan O'Toole uh not really with all of that uh I don't know bravado if you want to say but still putting on a show for the fans well and what's his I mean his career bonus rate is something stupid um 66 percent is his career bonus rate yeah um, you know, he's only a junior, so that might impact him, but he's a two-time national champ. And if he goes undefeated, I mean, what more could you ask for? And then he does stuff like this, bumps up, beats top five guys in other weight classes. Um, Not to mention, does it. 165 is clearly a much deeper weight class than 174. Right. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at the, the rankings a little bit uh, earlier and um, – You've obviously got David Carr right there. He's number four in the weight class right now. Um, Isaac Golanik at number two. He's going to have to wrestle both those guys. Um, and I'm pretty sure that he'll wrestle Julian Ramirez from Cor- Missouri Duels Cornell. Uh, I think they're going to uh, Ithaca to do that. So, yep. Um, I think that, uh, look, he's going to hit a lot of these guys. Uh, um, I'm sure he'll wrestle Hamity at some point. We're sure he'll wrestle Caliendo at some point. It's uh, um, not an easy road at 165 for any of these guys and Keegan O'Toole. Uh, well, I guess, you know, he's got to beat Olenek. He's got to beat David Carr. <laughs> it's, it's one of those um, – he's got a target on his back. And I think that he knows that when he goes out and does stuff like this, um, that's him saying, you know, you come – come knock me off my perch because that's what you're going to have to do. He's, he's been great. And um, taking opportunities like this is just impressive. Uh, it's something that's kind of dying in the sport. Uh, you're just not yeah. seeing it as often. Absolutely. So. Uh, 184 Clayton Whiting kept, got the bonus points going again for the Tigers with a second period pin over Cooper Wedig. 197. It was uh Really, the Elams both walked away with wins here, but uh, a little bit underwhelming, I think. Uh, Rocky Elam with a 5-2 win over Isaiah Pettigrew, and Zach Elam with the 1-0 win over Luke Luffman there at heavyweight. Luffman, of course, a really strong competitor, but uh, Elam pinned him in the first period last time they wrestled. 
Uh, but that was, you know, Rocky Elam, he hasn't had all that much mat time this season. So maybe he's working through something. Uh, I don't, I don't really know what he's trying to figure out there, but that match certainly closer and Rocky Elam only has one bonus point win so far this season. Yeah, but he's had a tough road really. I mean, he, uh, has wrestled Garrett Joel's of Minnesota, Joey Novak of Wyoming, um, and then these other Minnesota guys, Gavin Nelson has a pretty impressive is, resume so far. True. Yeah, Minnesota so, overweight factory there. Yeah. So, and this is just kind of what Rocky Elam, um, yeah, as a freshman, he scored a lot of bonus points on his way to a fifth place finish there in 2021. Um, but since then, it's been a bit roller coastery. But at the end of the year, he always is there and, and you know, we're staring down the barrel at a five-time All-American uh, for for Rocky Elam. Uh, until he's not an All-American, uh, he's done it all three years he's started. So um, I think that he's definitely got a good chance of uh, uh, of, of accomplishing that. Um, whatever he's working through, you know, benefit of the doubt for him at the time being. I, I, there's a good reason he didn't wrestle Stephen Buchanan, I think. Yeah, that is interesting that he's stepped up on the podium every year despite his bonus rate dropping. Uh, I feel like you don't see that very often. Yeah, and then Zach Elam, um, kind of a similar deal here. He's in his what's he's he's on that sixth year plan. Uh, uh, so look that he's undefeated. He's hasn't exactly had the most difficult schedule, um, uh, but he is one of those guys, him and he, both the Elums, they wrestle close matches and they win. Uh, it's, it's kind of their mode right now. And, yeah. uh, got to, Hey, you know, you come out on top, you come out on top. Yeah. Which does is, I guess why that surprises me a little bit, because that was only, uh, Zach Elums third match that didn't end early. He's been a pin and tackle mm-hmm. machine. Um, but it does, I guess Luke Luffman, he's, like we said, national qualifier, really solid guy. So uh, I wouldn't read too much into that one. Uh, at, the end, at the end of the day, Missouri wins the duel 29 to six over the line. I, so uh, they definitely put on a show there for the fans in St. Louis. For sure. And, and again, uh, a great environment, the USC fight pass they've come under some heat this last week for canceling the Oregon state and uh, North, Dakota state. Um, North Dakota state duel that was supposed to be in Vegas, but um and that's unfortunate that they that they did that, but the um, battle in the barn, the stuff they've been doing in the armory at Campbell and North Carolina, um, is is really cool. And then the uh, uh, this kind of thing is really neat. Putting it in uh, a theater like that, I think that's uh, an interesting experiment and something. I, I think that's a great venue. I know Final X was in a theater in New York uh, a few years back. Yeah, uh, and I think that that's a Dresser, really interesting venue. It, it works out really well when people do theaters. I think I know Dresser has done it at Virginia Tech and at Iowa State, and there's been some other coaches that have done it. Uh, but it always makes fantastic pictures. For sure, for sure. I think it. You know, I, I don't. I don't know um, what the green room situation is. <laughs> it's probably not <laughs> as comfortable as an arena, but uh, um, at the same time, I think it's a really cool atmosphere and I, I you know watching the watching this last one um, it was just really cool it was a really cool thing um 
before we get into the previews of these holiday tournaments, we've got the big three coming up this weekend and then a duel to talk about. We want to make sure that we let y'all know that this podcast is brought to you by our friends at Charlie Hustle Clothing Company. Charlie Hustle is a vintage-inspired clothing company based out of Kansas City that specializes in collegiate and hometown apparel. Charlie Hustle wants you to be the best-dressed fan this season, so be sure to check out their wide selection of officially licensed collegiate apparel today and show off your school spirit all season long. With over 30 schools to choose from, they've got you covered with all of your collegiate apparel needs. Shop today at charliehustle.com, Charlie Hustle vintage made fresh and uh, i'll let you know i actually got a couple of charlie hustle um shirts in the mail here over the past week and uh they are uh very cozy very nice comfortable shirts and uh one of them uh was a gift is a chief's sweatshirt that was a big hit so um definitely uh recommend y'all go check out some of their stuff if you're a west virginia fan missouri fan iowa state fan Oklahoma State fan, uh, Oklahoma fan, they've got they've got you covered, and uh, um, we're we're still trying to get them to cover the South Dakota State, Wyoming, North Dakota State, Northern Iowa. Um, I'm sure that's coming soon. I, I I'm I'm hoping that they're out there working for licensing with those programs, but uh, it's gonna be fun when they when they have them all. But we're we're sure happy to be partnered with them with a quality brand like that. We're we're glad they put faith in us. Absolutely. Um, and then on to these holiday tournaments, call them the big three in these uh, Midlands and Southern Scuffle, of course, have been absolutely huge at different points in their tenure as tournaments and soldiers salute trying to build something down there in Coralville. Uh, but it, I don't know what to think of these because we really got bamboozled last year and uh, it'll be really interesting to see what matchups we get. Uh, soldiers salute. Uh, South Dakota State, Wyoming, you and I, and Iowa State all going to be sending guys. I certainly would not anticipate starters from Iowa State, but uh, Wyoming sent a pretty full lineup last year, and then South Dakota State and you and I sent some uh, interesting guys, not necessarily their starters, but some interesting guys that are certainly fun to watch there. So that is going down on December 29th. That is Friday, I believe. Yes, that is Friday. Uh, there at the Extreme Arena in Coralville, um, have to have to think that Wyoming is probably going to send most of their guys. I know that Branch is just trying to get matches under their belt for the yeah. Uh, the With young how young ones. that team is, yeah, I, and Volk probably won't go, but um, have to imagine that uh, um, Novak and um, some of those guys are are definitely. Um, I mean, they need the matches, right? I think yeah. that the uh, they're doing okay. I Gabe Willichell is really kind of proving that he's got something. Um, but at eight and four in the season, if you can get four or five more under the belt, and he can get three or four wins, then uh, that's a pretty darn good run for him. Yeah. That'll help him uh, get a spot point. allocated. Great point. It's all D1 competition, so these matches count for something as long as you're not wrestling your teammates. So that part of it is really huge. Uh, I'll give you a rundown here on some of the teams we could see. Uh, Iowa, of course, will be there. Last year, they sent their full lineup. Saw some Minnesota guys last year and should again. And then North Carolina is listed. Uh, Columbia is listed. And, you know, I'm sure you and I may be looking for some uh, get-back matches there if they hit Columbia in the bracket. And then Bellarmine, the program 
up and coming program from the SOCON and VMI also listed here. So um, should be uh, some good guys. I, that's it's just so hard to preview because hopefully we see them. Yeah, for sure. It is hard to say that, uh, um, you know, we'll see Tanner Jordan or, or Nick Babin at this thing, right? It doesn't seem all that likely, but you never know. Yeah. I mean, I, I would love to see Trevor Anderson of you and I take on Drake Ayala there, Anderson off that big win over Camacho down there at the collegiate duel. So that would be something fun at 125. 133, you know, you could have Derek Cardinal in the mix. You could have Julian Farber in the mix, um, Cooper Birdwell, and they could be taking on guys like Brody Teske and Angelo Rini. So that would be really fun there. Uh, and then 141, uh, who knows what uh, Clay Carlson's status is. He was listed as a possibility. So uh, I know you were talking, Lee. Hopefully we get to see him get some matches under his belt. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we need to. He needs to start getting some some matches and uh, try to allocate spot for the conference. Uh, plain and simple, he's going to have to go get 10, 12 matches, and over the next couple months, um, understand that he's up there and he's probably going to go finish top two or three at Big Twelves. But um, then that's threatening kicking out somebody uh, that earned an allocation, right? So um, we really want to see. Uh, him get in there. Uh, he's and plus he's a great wrestler. Well, enjoy watching him compete. Um, as mentioned, Willichell probably uh, somebody we're going to see in this tournament um, in a pretty light one forty nine field. Drew Roberts from Minnesota, Victor Voinovich uh, sitting in there, but um, otherwise you could see Willichell come out on top of that one. Uh, uh, if he goes uh, 57, you know, Ryder Downey has a chance to really disrupt some things. He's been having a great season. He's come back down to earth a little bit at collegiate duels. Uh, but uh, um, if he repeats what he did at CKLV, he could be looking for a chance to knock off Jared Franick uh, from Iowa. Kale Swinson, which we were talking about before, is – Jared Frenick, number two in the country, if he's still at North Dakota State. And I don't think he would be. I think he'd be number five about how Brock Mahler is, right? Um, yeah, I think they would have penalized his resume, which they're not doing. He's getting that Hawkeye bump, I think. For sure. Um, but at 157, Cale Swenson did wrestle in this last year. I know he had one or two good matches with Jacob Wright. So if we see Swenson in there against Frenick, two would be fun. Um, or against Michael Blackis of Minnesota if he gets down there for the Gophers. For sure, yeah. Um, could be a fun wait. 157 is a little bit open. Uh, 155, uh, Tanner Cook, if he goes, then he's definitely uh, always, a, always a threat to do something weird in tournaments. <laughs> uh, so you never know what you're going to get out of him. He, he could be uh, – uh, pinning machine hitting that um what do they call it the gator bacon yeah uh, so that's kind of his go-to is the book out on him and you know how well does does evan yant defend against it or um josh ogunsanya uh, from columbia 
Yeah. And I, th- I think uh, you and I will send a couple guys there at 65. I think they're still trying to figure out if it's going to be RJ Weston or Evan Yant that gets the starting spot there. For sure. Um, 174 K DeVos has been having a great season so far. Uh, um, I, I know that they're probably really excited about him there at South Dakota state. And um, this is a chance for him to go showcase if they send him. Um, but he's also one of those guys where he's wrestled a lot. You kind of know what he's got, you know, do you give him a little bit of rest here before you get into the spring semester? Uh, wouldn't be surprised to see them keep him home for yeah. weekend. Uh, same with 184 Parker kick guys. Um, don't know if we sh- should anticipate seeing him in this tournament, but he kind of goes everywhere. He's one of those types of guys where given the opportunity, he's going to go wrestle. Right. Yeah, he's an animal, so that would be really cool to see. Uh, 197, like you mentioned earlier, Joey Novak would be awesome uh, in this field. Tanner Sloan, maybe, probably not, just being one of the veterans on that South Dakota State team. But if we see Joey Novak and Zach Glazier would be fun. I think Novak can really improve his resume there. Uh, Maybe Novak. Wyatt Volker. Yeah, Wyatt Volker. uh, Caleb Runyon has been in there for you and I at 197, too, so – could see any of those guys um and then if max shaw is the guy for north carolina that'd be a fun wrinkle as well definitely definitely there's a lot of uh um 197 has quietly been just a super deep weight class in the country for the past four or five years it's fun to watch uh those guys get after it right because you never know really who the best guy is going to be um, there's also some rumors floating around that we might see some, uh, uh fast car, former big 12 wrestling themed people at 49 and 97. So, um, I will, we'll see if that happens, uh, and what that looks like for those guys, if they can keep it together and make a lineup, I guess, then, then they'll be wrestling in this tournament. Yeah, and then 285, I think uh, maybe Tyrell Gordon goes. Him and, uh, gosh, I can't remember the other guy's name, uh, Jose Valdez for you and I have been splitting matches. Uh, and then Luke Rasmussen, I think, has a fantastic opportunity to rack up some good D1 wins here at heavyweight for South Dakota State. For sure. He's he's a guy that definitely needs matches. South Dakota State uh, – had been so consistent at heavyweight for the past few years that uh, this is kind of one of those years where they're trying to break somebody in and um, is Rasmussen going to make that jump and become a qualifier? Uh, I think they, they probably are having some doubts about that at this point. Right. So um, curious to see, I mean, he's got to go right. He's six and three on the season. He needs the, uh, he needs the matches. He needs the five or six matches to get, uh, three or four wins here, and um, and he's he's just a redshirt freshman. Still, they're they could be looking at him as the heavyweight of the future. So, uh, it could be an investment for the long term more than just this year. For sure, for sure. Um, there's not much filled out behind him. You know, I'm sure they're trying to recruit somebody. There's a uh, heck. There's probably a couple of guys on their football team there at South Dakota State that they can probably go try to pull from, right? But um, it's uh, it's definitely tough. Uh, when you're trying to to build out a roster and uh, you got to get your young guys to move along. Uh, and it's hard to do it for sure. 
Yeah, absolutely. So Soldier Salute, Big Ten Plus on December Friday, December 29th there in Coralville, Iowa. Also on the 29th, the Midlands Tournament starts, and it is uh, a bigger field than Soldier Salute. Uh, it just depends on what teams send what guys. Last year, uh, I know West Virginia was one of the teams that had guys wrestle two matches and then call it good. That's probably not going to happen this year with the new medical forfeit rules. Uh, but some of the teams there, Wisconsin, Rutgers, Arizona State, sent a pretty solid lineup last year. Uh, West Virginia and Cal Baptist out of the Big 12. Uh, UPenn, Harvard, so you got some Ivy flavor. Um, and then, uh, you know, you'll have a couple other good guys from, like, your Michigan States, your uh, Northern Illinois, we saw has a fairly solid team uh, last week. So uh, we'll we'll just have to see what happens. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm excited to see how West Virginia does in this thing. Um, they're having a really good season thus far. They've had some breakout guys in, in Jet Strickenberger, Jet Strickenberger um, and uh, 141, Jordan Titus, uh, as well as High Waters. Waters. Yeah, they've all three really come along to, to add to their um, – uh, Peyton Hall and uh, uh, Wolfgram, uh, those guys, I'm excited to see how they score in this tournament. It's a tournament that they should be competitive in uh, for sure. So uh, we'll, we'll see how they do. Cal Baptist, similar deal. You know, where's Eli Griffin going to end up? Uh, where's Hunter Lee going to end up? Those guys are you, – you need to qualify somebody if you're Cal Baptist, and uh, those are probably your two best bets. And – um, they need to go score, you know, some wins here, get on the podium, finish in the top three or four at this tournament, and you're in pretty good shape. Uh, historically, if you do that at Midlands, if you finish in the top three. So it feels a little bit depleted for these holiday tournaments than in the years past, but uh, um, go finish top three and you're you're in pretty good shape. Um, yeah, there's, there's definitely uh, still some fun wrestling to watch there. For sure, and that's what the New Year's Day tournament. Uh, uh, usually, this, the thing that I'm spending most of my New Year's Day and January second watching probably won't be the case so much this year. But uh, uh, the Southern Scuffle is starts at eight a.m. on New Year's Day, so nurse that hangover with uh, with a little wrestling action uh, out of Chattanooga, Tennessee. There, um, if you are of the uh, mindset that that would help. Uh, Northern Colorado OU and North Dakota State are all sending guys, so uh, excited to see what happens there. We talked about it. I don't know if there are um, unattached wrestlers. Uh, yeah, able in the, in the past, there. I know last year there were no unattached wrestlers. Uh, involved in this tournament uh, it was like the director's call or something like that but personally if I'm the tournament director and with the way these holiday tournaments have been going I am letting anybody in that wants to come scrap because if you've got a high profile guy in red shirt and he can now since it's the second semester compete unattached I'm letting it happen for sure for sure because you're going to get some really interesting matchups you know like 
Oklahoma State may not send their starters, but they'll send if they send some freshmen, um, then you're getting some really high quality guys in there. Kale Hughes, same with Iowa State, uh, they've had some great recruiting classes. And um, you want to go get some competition, send them to Chattanooga, let them go. Right? It's it's a little bit higher profile than Reno. Um, you get to see how they manage the holiday. You're not wrestling mm-hmm. over Christmas. How are they going to manage their weight and everything? So, um, and you get a two day weigh in. Right, exactly. So it's a it's a good growing up moment for young guys to to go to this tournament, uh, and uh, got to think that's going to get more popular now with the new redshirt rules, as you mentioned. So, um, curious things in this one that I'm excited to see uh, Conrad for, Conrad Hendrickson there for OU. Uh, how's he going to perform against this field? You know, you've got Steve O'Poolin in there, of course, from Northern Colorado, the returning Big 12 champion. Uh, Nico Provo, uh, potentially in this one. So, uh, curious to see how Hendrickson stacks up. Um, and if North Dakota State sends Carlos Negretti, still kind of curious what's what's going on with him. He must have some kind of injury. I, I doubt he wrestles in this thing. But uh, um, some good Big 12 flair there, 125 uh, at – and then probably also at uh, um, one fifty seven, Jared Hill, Alejandro Herrera from Clarion is going to be there. The former OU uh, wrestler. Do we Vinny get to see Vinny Zerbin? If yeah. we see Zerbin versus Daniel Cardenas, that would absolutely be one that I circle there at one fifty seven. For sure. So a lot of really cool potential matchups here in this tournament that. Uh, um, could happen here. Steven Buchanan, does he wrestle and, and run away with it, right? I mean, he's probably the favorite in the field uh, for the Sooners. Um, and then at heavyweight. Uh, well, I mean, I guess he, we say that he, he, Stephen Little might get another shot at Stephen Buchanan uh, yeah, from Little Rock. Um, so, I mean, there's there's some – Interesting stuff here. Travis Master Giovanni is up at 174 from Northern Colorado, which is kind of surprising. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of intrigue at the scuffle for those three programs for us uh, looking at the Big Twelve. And that's a program or that's a tournament where even though it was down last year, it was still like a great uh, like whole like that tournament might have gotten Roger Kish the job at OU. Because NDSU wrestled out of their mind, you know. Yeah. Missouri had some really strong performances. Oklahoma State had, uh, I think there were some young guys that popped off at that tournament. I can't quite remember. But uh, it also put Maryland wrestling on the map for Lee because he started his hatred of them ducking there at 197. Dude, yeah, that still annoys me. So. (laughs) The the field's not quite as exciting as it was – Last year, but then again, like last minute, Missouri and Iowa State uh, decided not to send many starters. Um, South Dakota State had a great tournament. Yeah, North Dakota State had a great tournament. Uh, so, I mean, I th- uh, look, usually we learn a lot of these things, but this year it's kind of disappointing that uh, a lot of schools decided to not. So that's kind of why you hope that they start to re- relax on unattached wrestlers, and then we – get to learn a lot more about some future state guys, right? If you see true freshmen beating juniors and seniors, um, 
that can tell you something about what you might be looking at next year or into the future, right? Absolutely. Uh, also on January 2nd, I guess the scuffle starts on New Year's Day and finishes up on January 2nd on flow. Also on January 2nd on flow, Virginia Tech at Missouri, uh, 7 p.m. going down in Columbia. Yeah, this is an exciting one. I'm glad Missouri's really um, out there getting a lot of matches against top programs. Um, as mentioned, they're going to wrestle Cornell. They wrestled Arizona State. Granted, Arizona State didn't really bring a lot of their guys. Um, they're barnstorming, and they're kind of showing you know what they're um, capable of, which is – they're just so good, man. I, it, it pains me to say, uh, but they've really come back into the Big 12 and um, taken over, really. Uh, yeah. They they wrestle Stanford. Uh, yeah, they're going, they're wrestling Cornell. Um, and, and I'm sure that they just, they go everywhere, you know, and, and it's, it's a cool thing. Um, Brian Smith and staff have really built a, consistent winning program and culture there. And uh, they've got to be the favorites in the Big 12 right now. Just got to be. Yeah, and they're just such a complete dual team too. So this is going to be a really fun one. Starting off with 125, Noah Certain back at home in the Noah Certain Electric Factory taking on Cooper Flynn, who is fresh out of Olympic redshirt. And uh, who did he just knock off? Nico Provo in that dual meet that he had his redshirt pulled. So that's going to be a barn burner there at 125. Yeah, Cooper Flynn, number 10 in the country, uh, certain number two. Right. Massive matchup at the Hearn Center, so definitely favoring Noah Certain. Uh, but Flynn, yeah, like you said, coming off, they pulled they pulled him out of Olympic redshirt. Um, I guess he's fine at 125. They're not worried about his weight or something. So they're they're going to uh, roll with him and, and see how he does and then go to Olympic trials a few weeks after for 50, to try to get that 57 kg spot. But um, I'm, I'm really excited about this matchup. I think these two are going to, uh, they have a bit contrasting style um, and I'm, I'm excited to see how uh, certain handles it. Cause again, he's trying to get on the podium for the first time in his career. And uh, uh, you're going to have to be guys like Cooper Flint to do that. Yeah, for sure. 133. Uh, either going to be Cade Moore or Zeke Seltzer there for the Tigers taking on Sam Latona. And that's going to be uh, a situation where you try to limit bonus points. Although Latona does occasionally drop a match to someone outside of that top 20 uh, ranking. So it could be interesting there. 141, Josh Edmond, uh, probably going to be Hunter Mason there for the Hokies. And so Edmond going to be favored. And then at 145, uh, another spot where you're looking at limiting bonus points. Uh, yeah, either Nathan Pulliam or Logan Joffrey, probably going to be the guy there for the Tigers. And then they're going to be taking on Caleb Henson, who is uh, absolutely dynamic wrestler there for the Hokies. Yeah, I'm looking here to see. Easton Hilton is somebody from Missouri that hasn't wrestled any D1 matches this year. Um but might be an option for the Tigers as well. Yeah, that, you're right. That's one where you're trying to limit bonus points. Caleb Pinson has been a hammer 
uh, for sure. But then you get into the marquee matchup of the duel here, which is brought Mahler. Oh, well, one of two marquee matchups. Uh, brought Mahler and Bryce Andonian is uh, um, definitely the match of the duel. Definitely yeah. the match of the duel. Brought Mahler has been uh, fantastic. Andonian got the 8 3 win over uh, Mahler last I didn't see the place last year. Um, uh, that was way back in 21, actually. 2021. Okay, I'm sorry. Down, I'm they were both that. down at 149. 149. Uh, Andonian was up at 57 last season. That's right. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is this is going to be a great matchup. Andonian is uh, freaky strong <laughs> and, and kind of uses that to uh, pick up wins. He scores a lot of back points by going feet to back. Um, in a lot of situations, uh, you know, Mahler though is an extremely good defensive wrestler. Um, and when Mahler that, wants to go, he can, it's just usually in the last 10, 15 seconds of a period. Right. Which, you know, is effective. And of course, Mahler's been consistently really good. So, um, I'm excited to watch this one for sure. It's probably going to be like a three, two, um, or I guess now maybe four, three, uh, with the three point take down, if it's a one take down match, that would that shouldn't surprise you. Um, who can ride better might be the I, question here. I think it'll be really interesting too to see how Mahler wrestles this match against such a high paced guy like Bryce Andonian. And then Mahler up at 157, uh, maybe his gas tank's a little bit better and he's not uh conserving energy as much, so maybe they do let it fly more. Yeah, for sure, that'll be fun to watch. Um, 65, I mean, we could see Keegan O'Toole and Connor Brady, but I, at the same time, it wouldn't shock me if they bumped Keegan O'Toole again to take on Makai Lewis. Oh, man, that would be awesome. If I mean, he did it. Right? Like he did yeah. it to Edmund Ruth. Makai Lewis is that guy, like a national champion. Um, not the same guy that he was when he won that national championship. But still, still uh, very much a tough, tough competitor there. Uh, for Virginia Tech, and then I'm mean, if you're telling me Cam Steed steps in at 165, uh, I s- wouldn't put it past him to beat Connor Brady. So it may not even it may be net positive for the Tigers in terms of dual mate score. Yeah, I mean, I, I, why wouldn't you throw Cam Steed out there? Like, what are you saving him for? You know, he can win. He can win that match against Connor Brady. Um. Kind of no question, right? Now, O'Toole did only get an 8-4 to four decision, only got an 8-4 to four decision against uh, Brady last year. But um, I don't know. I, I think it'd be I think it'd be interesting to bump up O'Toole. Now, if they don't, you've still got Peyton Mako there. Peyton Mako, uh, All-American <laughs> guy that uh, lost to Mikhail Lewis a couple times so far in his career, but uh, has kept it close. Um, which is a lot of guys against Pekai Lewis. So uh, we could see that one again, and and that's a good matchup too. I definitely um, wouldn't mind seeing it, but Mako has been a little bit on the bench this year, uh, saving his matches, it seems. Why not bump yeah. up Keegan O'Toole? Yeah, and Mako's one of those guys that's been around for years and years and years, so uh, load management does sort of 
take a, you start to see it a little bit more. Um, probably not in a duel like this unless you get a chance to have a superstar matchup like O'Toole versus Makai, which would be incredible. For sure. Hopefully they agree to it and go and didn't do it. Um, this 184 matchup is also really interesting. Clayton Whitting and Sam Fisher. Um, you know, Fisher, a guy at Virginia Tech that's been not the best, right? He hasn't qualified. Um, hasn't been a starter until this year. Um, but has a pretty solid win percentage here. 67% of his matches he's won. Um, and it's picked up some some good bonus points. Uh, had a rough CKLV tournament, uh, for sure. Picked up three losses in that one. But uh, has some interesting wins, too. Has a win over Gavin Kane. Um, has a, a win over Brian Soldano. Um, so, I don't know. That that that's Clayton Whitting is kind of in the same boat. Uh, he's been solid. He went and won the job, um, but he's coming up, and this is the kind of match that you need to see him win, right? Uh, um, before you launch him up in the top fifteen in the weight class. Yeah, I, I like Whiting there, um, which makes me think even more like Missouri. You are if you win the matches you're supposed to win. This you could make this. Uh, almost a blowout over a really, really strong Virginia Tech team. Give the people what they want with that superstar match. I uh, would love to see this dual meet start at 184, so we can let that play out. For sure. For, oh, that'd be that'd be great. That's that's must-watch TV on Flow. If uh, I think that's Flow's dream, if, is that happening. If they have any influence, then that's, uh, that's what we'll see. Then you get the Elam brothers. Uh, probably see them do the same thing that they've been doing, go pick up uh, conservative wins against guys that they have overmatched. Yeah, really, really strong guys, national qualifier type guys, but yeah, not uh, the elite All-American type guys that the Elam brothers are. So uh, frankly, I think it's going to be really hard for Virginia Tech to win this dual meet. I think so too. I think so too. And I think that 22 to 10 is with the wrestle staff prediction. I think that might be a little bit favorable to Virginia tech. Uh, I, I, I think they might get six points here. Um, Missouri is just a wagon. They are. So it, they, they really are. This year from I top mean, to it, bottom. It, you're, you're, I mean, 133 and 141, if they score bonus points, then we could be looking at eight, eight points for Virginia tech. But I don't think they're going to um, run away with it by any means. Just don't see it happening. Virginia Tech basically needs to win all the swing matches to win this yeah. league. So I uh, really sure. like the Tigers there, and I think it'll be an awesome uh, environment there in the Hearn Center. They seem to really pack that place when they get a top 10 opponent in town. So should be good. That's another fun thing for Missouri. They Their their fans show up. They've got the old boy, the the – uh, one who starts the MIZ chant down there uh, is always fired up. To, They're selling to be beers on the inside. Oh, gotta love it. They they got a great environment for sure. So, um, I'm uh, I'm a little jealous of Missouri right now. So uh, it's uh, it's definitely. Uh, uh, I think both of us wish or want our programs to knock them off, and um, you know we're continuing to see South Dakota State come up. 
keep it close with Missouri. We're seeing um, OU be a little bit more competitive with them, but man, they're so good. And they've built a, a winning culture there for sure. The, the Tiger style stuff. Um, they've got a good thing going. And, and hey, that's two weeks in a row where they're the only matchup we had to talk about too. Exactly. So. <laughs> they, they know um, how to get on. They're on. They know how to get the airtime there down there. Coach Smith must have uh, <laughs> checked out the schedule and found the gaps. And I, I guess so. That. Yeah, for sure. I think that uh, um, their SID needs to give us a call and, uh, and or something, you know. Um, we're doing them a lot of favors here at the Pintopa. We, we say too many good things about Missouri. And it, it is all begrudging. It is a begrudging thing that we're saying positive things about the Tigers because, um, look, we're big eight guys, right? So we've got a little bit of a sour taste about them uh, heading yeah, out to the SEC still. But they, they, I guess they did their time in the desert, uh, known as the MAC, um, and they're back in there. God, they've won the dang thing two two years in a row, right? Yeah. So I just, I just wish they weren't back in such quite such a big way, but man, <laughs> for sure, we'll see. It. They make it a lot more fun, so it's good to have them around. Well, make sure to check that one out on the second at seven o'clock on Flow. Uh, otherwise, we've got all these tournaments. We'll see what matchups happen. Uh, we'll recap that Virginia Tech at Missouri, and then when we get back next week. Um, we really rubber hit, rubber hits the road here. We've got uh, a lot of really exciting matchups to talk about. Michigan is heading to Brookings to take on the Jackrabbits from South Dakota State. Iowa State's heading to the desert to take on Arizona State. Wyoming's heading to Nebraska. Uh, UNI's wrestling Wyoming and Nebraska. Um, uh, the Pokes are taking on North Carolina State, which is going to be a, a heck of a matchup. Um, Air Force and Wyoming are matching up. That one actually is going to be really fun with Wyoming coming up strong uh, and Air Force um, having some question marks, right? The, the Tucker Owens, Dory Volk should be fun. So a lot of really exciting things happening next week, and we're going to be uh, busy. So we'll probably keep the recap short and, um, yeah, hit the ground running, and then it's a sprint to Kansas City from there. Thanks for listening.